Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3. 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-337-706-0111. On this day that, for whatever reason, people are preoccupied in the, or are built up in the sports world as, you know, because it's 2-3-23. So, you know me on this show, I, I don't typically go with the grain a whole lot. We kind of think for ourselves on this show. And so today, that means it's Pierre Thomas slash Enos Cabell Day. Pierre Thomas was a football player. Like, I used to say that, tweet that out. That cat is a football player. I mean, he's just got to love Pierre Thomas. Got to love Pierre Thomas. Great name. Um, And you go back and watch the championship game in the Super Bowl. Man, I missed the screen pass. I mean, I just, like, I used to, like, Dalton Hilliard for a while was like, that guy's the best screen pass guy. Well, Wayne Wilson was good, too. 30, Wayne Wilson, 21, Dalton Hilliard, and 23, Pierre Tom. Pierre Thomas was, man, if he wasn't the best, he was real close. But all three of those guys were great screen guys. And I wish, just, you know, whatever happens next year, I wish they could get enough of a running game and get – Put the screen pass back in the Saints offense. I loved it. I mean, think about how many big plays in the Super Bowl year were on the screen. Like, Pierre scored a long screen in the championship game and a long screen for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And Enos Cabell, old school Astro fans will know, not uh, good guy, uh, 23, played third base on the first ever division title team and uh, not a great player but a good player still involved in the Houston area very very much around so on this the first 23 we'll say is Pierre Thomas the second 23 uh, we'll give to on Enos Cabell and so if you have any thoughts on those two guys we'll we'll we'll, we'll do that I was driving to the radio station today and a Mack truck kind of came halfway in my lane a little bit and I had to get out of the way. And I said, look, what is Alvin Kamara doing in Lafayette? Are they going to get a running back? Like, are they going to get a run? I've had several people tell me recently, Eno Benjamin. I said, okay, you like Eno Benjamin? But Eno Benjamin better be the third running back, not the second one. He better be the third option. Eno Benjamin. He better be the third option. They got to get a running back. All right. Great night at the Cajun Dome last night. So listen to this. So I write my, you know, cover the women's men's game, women's game, write the women's story, cover the men's game, write the men's story on my way home. Turn on the radio, and guess what they're talking about for 20 minutes? Literally. I turned it. I came back. They were still talking about it for 20 minutes. Guess what they were talking about for 20 minutes? 
And I'm like, I'm I'm feeling good. The cage, it was a good night at the Cajun Dome. The Cajun women won. The men won. It's all good. For 20 minutes, they were talking about Lamar Jackson going to the Atlanta Falcons. For 20 minutes. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Can we just can I just get away from this? 20 minutes. Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons. And here's the problem. I I kind of think that we're not going to have to worry about that this year. But after one year, he's just going to go to the Falcons. So it's just going to be delayed. Man, the Ravens have got to sign him. It cannot be, well, first of all, they better not trade him now. And second of all, they better not just franchise him for one year and then next year, the following year, he's with the Falcons. We For 20 minutes, they talked about Lamar Jackson going to the Falcons. But if if this is going to be his choice, like a free agency decision, what's so appealing about Atlanta to Lamar Jackson? They're going to trade for him. They're going to give up at the form. I mean, They're they going to make a Russell a Wilson trade to the for Lamar Jackson. I don't know. I don't know if they would. I mean, I guess it makes they, sense. They tried like, to for Deshaun Watson. Well, so did the Saints, but I, I don't know. I think it's certainly a possibility, but I wouldn't put Atlanta as like the top destination for him. Please tell me that's not going to happen. But I mean, it's like every time I try to forget about it, I can't forget about it because they just throw it in my face. 20 minutes on a national. They don't ever let anybody talk for more than about two minutes on a national. They, this cat was on there for 20 minutes talking about this. Oh, all right. Great victory last night. You know, the women. Struggled for most of the game. Lene Wheaton did not play. They really need her to play tomorrow, especially since tomorrow they play against Troy. But they, look, they got the win. They got it done in the down the stretch. Uh, they won what sixty six fifty eight. So, and Troy's women was le- was trailing for almost the whole game at Texas State. Looks like Texas State was going to do the Cajuns a little bit of a favor, although you know it might actually work out. In the long run. But uh, Troy pulled it out at the very end at Texas State. The Cajuns are now in a two-way. See, they were in a four-way tie for a second. The real important thing is to finish in the top four. So while most Cajun fans who, who support the women and the probably the coaches were hoping that Troy would lose so they, the Cajuns would be tied for first, that's that they also they did gain a game on Texas State. They already have a win over Texas State. So if they can sweep Texas State, then they could really be in pretty good shape. Uh, or that will increase their chances of finishing in the top four. Now, uh, and so the Cajuns will play Troy tomorrow at two. And if they win, they will be tied for first. That's pretty good. Uh, not only have the Cajun men and women. Never won a conference title, regular season title, the same year. I, I can't even believe. I'd be surprised if they were ever even in February, both in first place at the same time. So that could happen if they both win tomorrow. And obviously at two o'clock, well, at two o'clock, the Cajun women play Troy, and at seven o'clock, the Cajun men play Marshall. The Cajun men are still Southern Miss one again last night. If you didn't pay attention to that. So the Cajuns are still in a two-way tie for first 
on the men's side, and they are one game up on Marshall. And uh, Marshall is the team in town. And, again, going back to the – Marshall, if I remember correct, was picked like fifth in the league, somewhere, something like that. But a lot of people, especially around these parts, were like, I really think Marshall's the team to beat. They they weren't buying some of those other teams, and they weren't. Marshall is the team to beat. We were talking about that back in football season. So um, we'll see how how that game plays out tomorrow night. But, man, the, you know, the, the Cajun men have won nine in a row. The women have won five in a row. And the women are really, like, they, they, they lost to Troy in overtime. They had a shot at the end of regulation that could have won the game. It just didn't fall. And then they really blew the Southern Miss game. They really easily should be. They, well, I'm not going to say they should have beaten Troy. They could have beaten Troy. But they should have beat Southern Miss. They should already be tied for first. Really, they should. They, they, they blew that game. Um, and free throw shooting is a problem. Free throw shooting is a problem for the men, too. Do you realize that the men in two games against Texas State miss 31 free throws in two games and swept them? And it's been like three years since Texas State lost a game in February. They lost their first game in February in a long time last night, in a long time. The Cajuns missed 31 free throws in two games against Texas State and still swept them. Won by nine, and what did they win by last night? 19? 19. Uh, The first game, they didn't make very many shots at all. Last night's game, they made a lot of shots. I mean, they finished 50% from three-point land, but they missed their last four in kind of mop-up time. Uh, they kept doing this thing where they would like run out the clock or trying to run out a clock, and then they would just make one quick pass at the end of the possession. They fire up a three, and they missed a couple of them. So they finished fifty percent from three point line, which is great anyway. But but they were seven for ten. While the game was still competitive, they were seven for ten, seventy percent for three point land, and finished fifty seven percent. They were around sixty percent for a lot of the night. Still only shot sixty one percent from the free throw line. Got to make free throws. Look, some of you probably think, man, you t- you worry way too much about field goals and free throws. Again, those should be the easy points. The other points should are difficult. Field goals should be the easy points. Getting the touchdowns is the tough point. Should be the tough point. Like there was a point last night in the game, the the Cages were shooting like. 56%, what was it? 58%, I think, from the field, 58, 7% or 58% from the three-point line, and like 57 or 58% at the free throw line. I'm like, no, those three numbers should not be that close. Free throws and field goals, those should be the easy points. I... um. It would be a shame if this team didn't win a conference championship or lost in the NCAA tournament because they can't make free throws. They've done so many other things well. You know, last night they played a really gritty Texas State team. Texas State out-rebounded them by five, kind of kind of controlled the boards most of the night. That hasn't happened in most conference games for the Cajuns, and yet they overcame that by not turning it over. They only had eight turnovers, 
and they shot the ball so well when the first time against Texas State did not shoot it well at all. Greg Williams, 23 more. Speaking of 23, he had 23 points last night. Yeah, Very impressive. To, uh, well, I was just going to say about Greg Williams, I don't think college basketball gives like an official most improved player award, but like he would be up for it. Man, I mean, the he guy is. has turned a corner. He struggled for almost all of last year. The last four or five games, he played really well. He was on the all-tournament team. And a lot of times when you have one of those finishes, whether it's a team or an individual, it doesn't carry over to the next year. Man, has it ever carried over to the next year? He has been just tremendous. Hit three of five from three-point land. Got, a, got the Cajuns off to a great start. The Cajuns only hit like three or four three-pointers in the entire first matchup in San Marcos. And they had three, they had four three-pointers like boom, right off the bat last night. So very impressive game in that. Yep. Was it perfect? No. But what I like about what the Cajuns are doing is if they don't do this and they do that and, and they just always, they might be weak in this category, but then they're strong in this one and they just seem to find a way to win. And it was a pretty workmanlike win. I was, I thought it was, it, it was, it was, it's not that they play great, but they played solid, and solid was good enough to win by 19 points. And in certain areas, they did great, like three-point shooting, and that overcame some others, like rebounding when they got kind of controlled on the board. So they're doing a lot of things really well. Again, tomorrow night, fabulous Cajun chicken for us older people. The players and even coaches, they don't know anything about the fabulous Cajun chicken. They weren't around then. So that's for the fans. The folk players and coaches need to focus on somehow beating Marshall, and we'll see what happens there. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back. Shift gears to Nick Fontenot. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game we have with us. The man who I'm going to try to pick up, but I know it's going to probably be tough today, Mr. Nick Fontenot. How are you, sir? I thought we were just going to cancel today because, I mean, I didn't even know what we were going to talk about. <laughs> well, the Pelicans have have now lost 10 in a row and 15 of 18, but I really think, and tell me if you disagree, last night you was the first time that there really was a sign of life uh, Ingram was more like himself, 26 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. You saw our, it was the first glimpse in a long time of what this team, I still think, is going to be down the stretch if they can stay reasonably healthy. Yes or no? Well, Kevin, I forgive you for that take for two reasons. Number one, I know you don't really watch the Pelicans all that much. And number two, you were at the Casey Dome last night, so I know for sure you didn't watch last night. Right. But the only reason why this game was close is because Luka got hurt in the fourth quarter. They were down by 31 at one point. They were down by 19 at half. And then Luka got hurt. They were out. He was out for the fourth quarter, and then they started playing well. I understand that, but I'm, well. I'm talking about Brandon Ingram. He hasn't been – like, he at least shot 50%. He hasn't been come close to that. 
yeah, I think Ingram's starting to get his legs under him. And also, Herb Jones, who we talked about last week, and kind of threw him under the bus. He's been playing well. He played well uh, a couple games ago against the Nuggets, and then he played well last night. So Herb's starting to get going. But, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and I think I don't see any winnable games. They had the Lakers tomorrow. That's not a winnable game. Like, well, it, wait, it, wait, 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 wait. There's a difference between an easy win and a winnable game. The Lakers are playing well. They had another nice win last night, but they were trailing the whole game. That is definitely a winnable game. Well, the Mavericks was a winnable game, too, and they really got blown out the building. So, uh, yes, what, what you're saying in winnable games, to me, I'm looking at the winnable games that they played last week, which was Washington and – and last night against Dallas, those were winnable games, and they lost to both of them. So I have no confidence that they're going to play a winnable game and actually win the game. And plus, now they're 10th in the standings. They're one game behind the Lakers, so the Lakers are extra motivated to kind of get in that 10th spot and be in the play-in. So I, just, I have no confidence that they win tomorrow. Okay, I'm thinking in these next four home games, they go in 2-2. Two and two. Now, if they go 2-2 two and two in these next four games, are you going to – are you going to – have a better, different tone, Kevin. If they go one and three, I'll, I'll have a better <laughs> tone. Like I just, I need, I need a win. Like no, I understand. I, I get it. Anything other than zero and four is something positive that I can hang my hat on. It's something that I can go. Well, they beat whatever game. Like you, even if they had beat the Wizards and they still would have lost. What, what are we talking about? Nine of ten. I could be like, yeah, but they beat the Wizards. They had a win. It's just been so long since we experience the win that I just need one win. No, oh, I I I I cert I certainly get it. So tell me about uh, I saw there was some angry pelicans and the controversy what happened at the end there? Well, it looked like the ball was not Brandon Ingram was actually not out of bounds when he tipped it uh back into the back into the play the play and then they called him out of bounds. So referees actually looked at it after the game and said they were wrong on two counts. They were wrong on Brandon Ingram being out of bounds. He wasn't. And they were wrong on the clock. It should have been 3.4 seconds instead of whatever they put on there. I, I don't think it would have mattered. I mean, I, yes, it, it would have mattered in the time and the play, but I don't think it would have mattered for the outcome because they just, they're, just, they're just playing really bad right now. And, Kevin, I want to bring up another point. You know, a couple of weeks ago you asked me specifically if I thought Willie Green was going to be able to handle – this stretch, if I thought he was the right coach for this stretch, and I, I said I hadn't lost confidence in him, you know, I've completely turned around on that. Like, he's not. He's not the right coach to handle this situation. He is a motivator. He can get guys ready to play, but he's not a strategy coach. And they don't have that guy on the staff. We need somebody on the staff that can, that can handle the X's and O's, that can draw up the right play, that can put the guys in position, and then Willie Green can come in and say, all right, rah, rah, let's go. But as far as drawing up plays and strategy to win games, Willie Green's not that guy, and we don't have him on the staff. So uh, I, while I had confidence a couple of weeks ago, right now I'm starting to lose it dra- drastically and quickly uh, the more games they lose. Losing is 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 debilitating. There's, there's, just, no, there's just no doubt about it. I, I certainly, certainly get it. But so is there – I mean – Zion's coming back after the All-Star break? I mean, what percentage would you put on that? Before the All-Star break? After the All-Star break, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think he's going to be after the All-Star break. I, I think he's going to come back. But we, we, it's like they're sitting around 
waiting for him. And, that, and that's the excuse for all these losses. It's, it, it can't be it. They can't just sit there and lose 10 in a row and, and just say, well, it's because Zion's not here. Zion's not here, but you can't, you can't do this. We, we can't just throw in the towel on every game Zion doesn't play because I think he's going to miss some games every single year. And so as constructed, this roster is not built to survive when Zion's out. You don't have to be good. I don't want you to be a good team when Zion's out. I don't expect, but you have to survive. In the last 10, if they have gone 3-7, and seven, that would be a, a success. But they've gone 0-10. They can't even now. They're not even winning the games that they should win, and so when that happens, something drastic has to change. All right. So, do you have any kind of a better idea or concept or thought of if they can make a trade? What would that trade need to be like? What kind of player, if they make a trade, what kind of player do they need to help this team in the second half? Well, they call it they call it big game hunting. I don't know if they're doing that, but that's what they really should be doing is big game hunting, going after someone like the caliber of C.J. McCollum. I keep thinking about that. Like, last year, nobody was talking about C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans. It wasn't even a thought or an option. And then they went and made the move and brought in C.J. McCollum. So some of the names that are being thrown about are are fine pieces, but they're not a guy like C.J. who would come in and completely change the franchise into what we think has a possibility to – go forward and win a championship. So maybe there's somebody else that we're not thinking of or some, some kind of bigger name. I'm not talking about a – I don't need a top 10 player in the NBA. But, you know, C.J. McCollum is a top, what, 40 player, 50 player in the NBA. Maybe somebody like that that we're not even thinking about. That you but, I mean, you're talking others. about a rebounder, a shooter. Like, what is it that they need that, – that would would be the primary plus skill that this new player needs to have? Yeah, somebody who – well, somebody who can play the role of – of primary score, somebody who can score the ball. Because when Zion when Zion's out, you lose so many points. Somebody who you can kind of throw out there and, and score the ball. And right now, they need to be running the offense through Jonas Valanciunas. Like, he, he's, he's, he's a mismatch on just about every team. Now, it wouldn't have mattered against Denver. I think they lose that game because he's not a mismatch. But for the rest of the league, he is. Like, he has great footwork. He has great ability under the goal. Why aren't they running the offense through him, at least take advantage of the mismatch and try to win some of these games? So if, if that's the case, you don't even need a trade. That guy's on your roster, and they're misusing him. So even if they made a trade, maybe they just they would misuse the new guy too. All right. So I, kn- I know um, you're struggling, and you should be. And, uh, you know, we're hope- I'm hoping for two and two in this next four, this little four-game homestand. We'll see. Um, as far as the Saints – what would you say? What are you thinking when people say Derek Carr may be too expensive for the Saints? Because on one hand, I've said and thought that myself. On the other hand, a year ago, the Saints were apparently willing to pay Deshaun Watson an awful lot of money. So why wouldn't they be willing? Now, I'm not saying Derek Carr is Deshaun Watson, and I'm not saying they'd pay him that much money, but they might be willing to pay him a pretty good amount if if they were interested in the Watson last year. But it just depends on what a pretty good amount is. Like, if $25 million is a pretty good amount, well, then, yeah, they would pay that. And what about 30? 30? 35. I, you know, I don't know if Derek Carr is worth that. And, and the, the market for quarterbacks is outrageous. So I don't know what Derek Carr is going to want, and I don't know what he's going to command. And are the Saints going to have enough to give him? 
If it's 25, I think they make the move. If it's 35, it maybe raises some eyebrows. What about 30? Yeah, 30 is right there in the middle. So, uh, you know, it's crazy to think that 30 million would be a bargain. But right now, with these quarterback salaries and the way it's going, it would be. And so he's probably right about there. And, you know, we always talk about the salary cap not mattering and it doesn't matter and they'll figure it out. But at some point, you kind of think they would be handicapped by the salary, by the salary cap. And Mickey's been so great with kicking the, the can down the curb. And maybe he'll do it again. But I don't think Derek Carr is going to come in on a one-year deal. It's probably going to be a three- or four-year deal. And do they have enough space to get that done? I mean, but wouldn't you just feel better if they got that done? Yeah, he's, he's my number one option. That's that's who I want. I heard Ross Jackson talking to RP3 about Hendon Hooker, and he made some good points, but the Saints just don't draft uh, quarterbacks. And so that's not even an option for me until they prove me wrong on that. It, it's just they just don't do it, and I don't think they're going to do it this time either. So uh, while Hendon Hooker's a good player and, and exciting, I would much prefer to have Derek Carr, who Dennis Allen drafted. They have a familiarity with each other, and he's a veteran in the league, and I think we both like that. Because I don't see Jimmy G coming here. So if they don't get Derek Carr, I, I, I just I just don't know what's going to happen. I... Yeah, Kevin, I, I wanted to ask you that. I, has there ever been a 49er that's come over to the Saints and played well like and, and helped us out? And I, You don't have to answer it now, maybe in the next segment or something, but I, I wanted to ask you that because you hate that team so much. Have they ever helped us out? Well, I, Doug Bryan was okay for a little while, the kicker. He came oh, – yeah. I, I, I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He was okay. Uh, anyone else? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, because if Jimmy G comes over and helps us out, that, I think that would have to be a tough deal for you. I, I don't think I don't think you're enjoying your Pierre Thomas day quite enough. Oh, is it the 2-3-2-3? Two, three, two, three? Yeah. Think about Pierre well, Thomas well, a little more today on 2-3-2-3 two, three, two, three and uh, – and it might make you feel a little better. Well, yeah, because since it's a Pelican segment, I can't really think of Anthony Davis. So I guess I'll yes. do Pierre Thomas. Yeah, we'll do Pierre Thomas. How about that one? <laughs> Sounds good. That's Thank you for work. your time, sir. Hang in there. All right, man. Thank you. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote. And footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. You know, I think Nick, and I, I my impressions of Nick is that he doesn't have real good musical taste. My from our previous discussions, but I was going to say Nick Nick needs to just sit down and listen to a little Baker Street. I think it might 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 do him a little good, a little Jim Croce. That that's kind of can tend to calm me down sometimes. Maybe Marshall Tucker that, that that might that might help him a little bit. I think I think Nick needs a little 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 bit of that. Um, welcome back to the game again. The game hotline is. 
706-0111, on this On this Friday, we have with us McNeese State play-by-play man, Mr. Tom Hafer. How are you, sir? No, no, we don't. We don't have him. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll try to do that. Um, all right. So while while we're doing that, and and you know, we are not. Um, it, it, it's. It, I, I was thinking. If you are a McNeese State fan, I heard Raymond talking about that earlier. If you are a Pelicans fan like Nick, um, not good. And if you are an LSU basketball fan, not good. Um, it, it's basketball is not too good, really. The Cajuns on the men's side are the only men's basketball team in, in, around, in these parts that we talk about ever on this show that's doing really well. And so um, it is, you know, it's great for the Cajuns. Tomorrow night's going to be going to be very, 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 you know, exciting, especially if they can get another win and, 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 and make that win streak to, to 10. But – the um on the women's side obviously that there's there's LSU and so that is uh something that um would be you know that's something that LS, that if you're an LSU women's fan you're following and it's a great year and you got chance you know you you've got aspirations of winning the the national championship so that's on a different level than any of this other stuff that we're talking about, but on the men's side, it hasn't been too good. And so if you're a fan of those, you're kind of probably thinking about spring sports is the point I'm trying to get to here. And last night I saw Anthony Babineau, who is, um, Kate longtime Cajun baseball assistant coach played for the Cajuns. And, uh, he was at the basketball game at the Cajun Dome, and I said, um, this is not baseball weather yet, and he laughed and said, no, it is not. It's just too cold. But a week from um, um, he won't – a week from today is – Cajun softball season opener. And in the next hour, we're planning on talking to Bobby Nova about that. And um, just to kind of get an idea of where we are, we talked last Friday with Coach Jerry Glasgow and hope to be t- and plan to talk to Jerry Glasgow um, oh, uh, on Thursday, a day before the season opener, just to kind of see how everything is panned out. Uh, we understand that in baseball and softball, maybe even more than the other two sports that we talk mostly about around here, football and and, and basketball, where your line things can change quite a bit. Like 
what your lineup is on opening day doesn't always mean a lot by the time you get to the end. I mean, look at last year's Cajun baseball team. What we were thinking going into the season, the the guys who were in the bullpen turned out to be their starting rotation. At least from the year before and what what maybe some were thinking early. So a lot flipped there. And injuries can change things a lot. And young players who don't perform can change things a lot. So um, we'll be talking with, with Bobby next hour. But to answer Nick's question, I thought about it during the break. And the first name I came up was Tyrone Drakeford, who was not was not bad. Played for the Cheaters. And then played for the Saints, and he was okay. He was not like a plus player or anything. Uh, he was okay. The name I came up with, and maybe there's another one I'll keep thinking, was Wesley Walls. And Wesley Walls was a very complicated figure for me because I'm a tight end guy. You know, uh, you know, I like to joke that I was a tight end and safety guy before tight end and safety were cool. And... um. I love tight ends. So Wesley Walls gets drafted by the Cheaters. He plays there for three years, and he doesn't really do a whole lot. Like, they, we're talking late, early 90s, so he was not, you know, they were really good then, and so he was, they, they didn't have, they had all these, top, Brent Jones. Man, I just hated those people. But anyway, um, Wesley Walls, he didn't do a whole lot because they were real good, but you could see he had some talent. Came out of Ole Miss. And the Saints got him, and he had two big years with the Saints. I mean, like, I mean, not like all pro type years, but like 40, 50 catches a year for, I don't know, I'd have to go back and look like 600, 700 yards, something. And he had some really nice seasons. He established himself as a really good weapon. And then, of course, what does he do? He, he follows the Pied Piper, King Benedict, all the way to Benedict Arnold land. And with, with the, he, he was part of that mass exodus that left New Orleans when I, I started. I called them all Benedict Arnolds. And by the way, um, well, Dom Capers is kind of out of the picture now. He was King Benedict. But one of the guys that he brought over was Vic Fangio, who was the uh, linebacker coach of the, the Dome Patrol. And he went with King Benedict to, to, to Arnaville. Um, we kept hearing these rumors that he might not go to Miami after all, that he might end up in Denver or he might end up um, back with the cheaters. Um, I don't know. It seems like I saw this morning that he's really sticking with the Dolphins. He's really going to be the Dolphins defensive coordinator. I, I think that's what it is, but. Uh, I'd have, you know, I probably would have preferred he went back to Denver, which would have been a little weird because they just fired him, a, you know, a year or two ago. So, kind of strange, but I, but I think uh, he's going to be in Miami. But no, I, I, as of now, I think Wesley Walls is the answer to that question. Very complicated guy for me because I, re- he was going to probably, if he had stayed in New Orleans, Wesley Walls was probably going to be one of my top five favorite Saints ever, and he just botched it winter Orneville sickening we'll be back this is footnotes on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros 
Kevin Foote. An award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the, the host bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about ex-cheaters that helped the Saints. The uh, the equivalent, the other equivalent in my household of the cheaters is the Raiders. Again, every, if you think about it, all the evil, whether it's baseball with the steroids and all that, the Giants and the, Ra- and the A's and then the Raiders – and the cheaters, all the evil comes from that bay right there. It's just amazing all the evilness that has come out of that bay. But anyway, um, I don't know, blame it on Alcatraz or something. I don't know. But it is, um, there's a lot of talk, if you go online right now, that Jeremy Fowler said it this morning on, 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 on ESPN and other people are that supposedly, you know, the Saints – being linked to Derek Carr. And, and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks just because the Saints need a quarterback and and Derek Carr's personality just would seem to fit perfect with the Saints. It really it really would. And there's the connection of of Dennis Allen being the coach when they drafted him. Now, maybe they're still friends all these years. I have no idea, but I don't, to me, you know, he was only there for like half a season. It wasn't like he coached him for years and there was this, you know, intricate relationship there. Um, Oh, yeah, that's true. I also have the um, Golden State. Some people kind of hate Golden State. That's in that Bay Area, too, with Kevin Durant, which was the worst legal thing that ever happened in sports history, in my opinion. But, um, it was so yeah there's a lot of stuff to not like about that whole um the bay area but like rate what's the bet uh i i would i would probably have to say Leroy Glover we think you know Kenny Anders Kenny Stabler had a little bit of a but he he did ever he helped what should have been the Saints first winning season and well should have been their second winning season and and second playoff really but um so he did some things, uh, but I really think Leroy Glover's probably the best Raider that ever came to the Saints. You know one that's maybe a little more low-key that came from the Raiders? Hmm. Latavius Murray. Let me see. Here we go. Remember when I was telling you that story about the the Mack truck that kind of came into my lane and then went back and it made, oh, look, there's a... No, it's a good one. That's a good one. And, you know, that's the only thing that I don't like about 
Casper being the coach of the Broncos. Because now he's coaching Latavius Murray again. And that's where the downfall began. That when they made that stupid decision that we don't need a downhill runner. Like, what do we need a downhill runner for? Like, you have always needed a downhill runner, moron. And now he's now he's coaching Latavius Murray again. That's unbelievable. Trying to think who else, but I really think Leroy, like Leroy Glover. For those of you who aren't weren't around then, he came to to the Saints. He was uh, him and Norman Hand were on that the in two thousand when they had the first uh, playoff victory when um, the stupid Rams tried to field the punt. Like I've, I've been telling y'all for years, we feel too many punts in this country. But I was one punt I was glad was fielded or was attempted to be fielded. And and, and the Saints – and he fumbled the punt and the Saints recovered and, and got – scoring 31 points uh, again. Uh, got their first ever playoff win, that magical number of 31 for the Saints. But, but they were like – when the Eagles sacked all those – like they had a ton of sacks that year. When the Eagles made all those sacks this year, one of the teams that they passed up was that 2000 Saints team. They had, they had uh, it was one of the best sack seasons for a team ever. Leroy Glover was really good, like really good. Like, man, I wish, like if we said, okay, what former Saint could you put on this team? I don't know if he'd be number one, but he'd, he'd be high up. He'd be, he'd be high up on the list of guys that I would love that, that you could just kind of transplant into 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 this this coming year Saints team because they need defensive tackle. I really think that needs to be their first round pick unless there's just one there that just doesn't fit. But no, um, look, I, I I don't know about the salary things. I, I you know I don't know how much he's gonna come demand and all that. But man, I would like to have Derek Carr again. I've all look. This is how. Like, again, I married into a Bronco family. They hate the Raiders. Like, maybe even more than I hate the Cheaters. Like, it's it's bad. Like, they, it's like in their blood, okay? And they won't, they won't ever, I shouldn't say this on the air, but they won't ever admit this. But I think they all kind of think Derek Carr's a good guy. Like, they, they wouldn't admit it publicly, so they would never say that about any other Raider. Although I remind them all the time, Shanahan was a Raider. I mean, they, you know, the guy who won two Super Bowls for him was a Raider. But anyway, he was a cheater too. Um, but but I, I think as much as they hate the Raiders, it's hard for them to admit. But I think if you really tortured them, they would admit that Derek Carr is a good guy. So um, I, I really hope this happens. Because I, I think he's the leader they need. I think he's a good – and I don't think Crawfish is a bad guy. I just – I think Derek Carr is a good guy. I think he's got more potential than Crawfish. I think, um, you know, he can be the leader that they need, and he can help – he can throw the ball downfield, which they need. Man, I hope it happens. Man, I can't even tell you how good I would feel if that happens, especially going into the draft where we didn't got to worry about Tendon Hooker and all this quarterback talk. Can we make this happen? That would almost be going 3-0. If Lamar Jackson doesn't go to the Falcons, at least for now, 
Still worried about the future. Casper and get Derek Carr, that's going 3-0. That's good. That is um, that is hitting it out the park. So going into the, the – as we really heat up going into the offseason. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. You can watch us. On the simulcast, Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. On this Friday, as we try to enjoy Cajuns winning more, two more basketball games. Another men's women's sweep last night at the Cajun. Oh, we'll see if they can. If it happens again tomorrow, again the Cajun women play Troy, who's in first place. Cajuns are in a two-way tie for second place at two o'clock. If the Cajun women win that game, they'll be now tied for first place. Um, and that's very encouraging. The men are currently in a two-way in a two-way tie for first place with Southern Miss, and they're playing Marshall, who's one game back in second place. So they would um, put themselves two games up on Marshall, and then we'll make you know we'll see what happens with Southern Miss. I don't even know. Um, we could look and see. I don't even know who Southern Miss plays tomorrow. But if they would lose, then may, who knows? Maybe the Cages could be. And so possession of first place after tomorrow. But first, they got to win. So big game tomorrow at the Cajun Dome. We're talking about that. We um talking about the Derek Carr Saints situation. If you go online, there are all kind of there's all kind of buzz about the Saints and Derek Carr. And I just hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Southern Miss plays Georgia State on the road. Georgia State on the road. Now, Georgia State's not very good this year, but Georgia State did beat Georgia Southern last night at home. Now, that's a rivalry game, so maybe that's more like the UL-Monroe game, and so things can happen. But at least they're coming off a win and got a little confidence going into the game, so we'll see. Maybe maybe, maybe how ironic that would be if Georgia State would do the Cajuns a favor. That, didn't, that hadn't happened too often since 2014. So, um, the I'll take we would take that for sure. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kevin. Howdy, sir. Hey. Hey, you were wondering or you were thinking about, you know, uh nicknames for uh Sean Payton uh now that he's with Denver. Uh huh. How about how about Casper, Colorado? And, I love and alliteration. Doesn't sound, like, sound like old cowboy or something. I don't know. I love alliteration, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, uh, another one that came from the 49ers was Quan Alexander. Um, but you know, he only had he was only here for a couple of years. But yeah, that's true they, though. They, he I, he, he was good. good. Uh, I liked him while he was here. But uh, well, you know, very similar because Wesley Walls. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure he only played two years in New Orleans. I was so mad when Wesley Walls oh. left. I was mad with that whole thing. I, I still bitter about that whole exodus to Arnoville. I mean, it's like ridiculous. 
And then, like, okay, like, we had Wesley Walls, right? And then shortly after that, we had Cam Cleland, right? We were trying to, like, basically find someone to replace Wesley Walls. Yes. And it, and it, and and it, like, and it never really happened. You know, and then they ended up getting shocky, and he was okay for a little while. But, no, um, you know, just having a consistently good receiving tight end. They've had, we've had flashes of it, but not consistent. No. Yeah. Anyways. All right, Kevin. I appreciate it. Take oh, care. Hey, I'm all for de- getting Derek Carr, man. Oh. Let's get it. You know, man, would that you help know, me sleep better? I'm just, what? Yes. That's what it, it, it's like, I don't know. We get rid of Dalton. We get Derek Carr. We can focus on getting a D tackle and the and running back in the draft. Like I, I don't know what it's going to take to trade for him. You know, and, and, what, and, what a, you and a possession receiver. And I don't even know. Like most people don't think it's going to be a trade. They're just going to sign him in free agency. As long as they can figure out a way to get his number down to his contract to around thirty and 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 not as close to forty, I I would be look if they traded a fourth round pick to get him, I'd be for I'd be okay as long as they're only paying him about thirty million. They could renegotiate his contract to around thirty million. I'd be, I'd be, I'd, I would not even be angry if that's what it takes to get it to give up like a fourth. Well, what would you think about a second? Because oh, a, that'd be that'd be a little much. steep. That'd be a little steep. I don't know about yeah. that. That's what I'm hearing. That you know, but why a second? You know, why would it take like a the, second? Because the the QB the QB market so it's oh, not there's nothing man. there. You know, I I would I would I would take it, but I you know I would. Uh, it would hurt a little more. Let's put it that way. I got you. All right. Take care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hey, uh, going back to the Saints pick, you wouldn't be ecstatic if uh, if Hooker's there from Tennessee and taking him? I'm not a rookie quarterback guy, so no. I, I would be hopeful, but I would not be ecstatic. No, sir. You'd be hopeful that he's still there? or? No, I'd be hopeful saying? that he that he could tr- could be a good NFL quarterback. But again, when he's not going to start, I mean the the the, the Saints are not going to start a rookie quarterback. It's not going to happen. So what I would be worried is that Crawfish would still be my starting quarterback for a while. Well, man, well, I, yeah, I, I just don't want no trash offensive linemen like they've been picking. You got to go with him. if Henry Hooker's there. Henry Hooker's there. You got to take him. If uh, his ACL is not a problem, I mean, those are fixed in what six to eight months. Uh, they said he had a uh, he has an unbelievable uh, the senior bowl or something. He's there, but he's not participating. But they, he said he's been interviewing unbelievable, and he's big time team player. Uh, uh, he's I, better I'm, than any trash quarterback they have right now. I think. Uh, uh, look, I, you know, I'm so. I, again for the first time in my life. I'm willing to listen. Normally, I just like I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm willing to listen to the hidden and hooker stuff. But I would rather get Derek Carr and draft a defensive tackle or a running back or a receiver or whatever else, you know the other positions that I think they need to feel here in this draft. But you know, again, if they don't get Derek Carr and they do the hidden hooker thing, I'm willing to listen. Absolutely, I don't like. Hey, you said in the past, no running backs in the first round. I hope you don't mean. I hope you don't mean that. Well, I don't really want one in the first round. I I, I think you can get what you need in the fourth round. I mean, I, I think you can get what you. But you got to, and you can get it in free agency. There are a ton of free agent running backs this year, and running backs don't normally come with this giant, you know, price tag. I just want a running back. I've been. Crying for one for two years, and I still don't have one. 
I just don't know why that's so complicated. And then now Dawson reminds me that Latavius Murray's back with with Cheater. So I mean with uh with Casper. So Casper, he ditches on a downhill runner, puts the Saints in a two year offensive tailspin because they have no downhill runner and at running back, and now he's coaching Latavius Murray again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. Uh, well, I mean, Kevin, he's on the roster. That doesn't mean he's staying on the roster. Well, I guess that's true. A, he might he might just not like him and he quick, cuts him. Just a quick comment. Okay, Kevin, what do you say to the detractors that say Derek Carr has been in the league eight years, got a losing record, the Raiders have been under 575% of the time, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what, 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 what? Make him move the needle. I'm, I'm well, first of all, all, no, I understand. Stuff. First of all, it's the Raiders, and so they've been they have been a poorly run franchise for for quite a while now, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, yeah. Second all right. of all, the Raiders have normally not been very good defensively, and they rarely have good cornerbacks, and and their secondaries have been iffy. And I think the Saints are very strong in those areas. I. Uh, if the Saints can can get a defensive tackle, which I think they need desperately, and they can and can make sure the safety situation is okay depth wise, and they play, I think the Saints have a very good chance to have a good defense. So I don't think he's ever really he's had to outscore people way too often in his career. That's what I'm saying. Okay, all right, all right, that's good. All right, okay, so definitely, you know, I've been doing a little research. Definitely like the guy from Baylor is my top guy. I, the guy from Michigan, I'm a little worried that he doesn't doesn't appear to affect the quarterback as much as Maisie Smith, I think, is. The guy from Baylor looks like he reminds me of the Tampa Bay freaky big old guy, you know. Uh, how, how you pronounce? So, have you figured out how to pronounce his name yet? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna leave that to Dawson. Okay. So smooth. <laughs> you know, Dawson's just smooth. He, he's yeah. just one of those guys. You know, I, I can tell already Dawson's our go-to guy for all these names and stuff because you and I, we old, we don't, you know, yeah. we, we, we used to saying John Smith and yeah. all that stuff. You know? <laughs> so anyway, okay, uh, now let me ask you this, Kevin. If quarterback was, where, where would you start considering? Would you consider 40? Is anybody you consider at 40 or would you, like the third round, this hooker guy. He's intriguing. I know. Yeah, but he's not going to get to the third round. He's not going to last to the third uh, round. You, don't I, think, you think somebody's going to get him in the second? I that's think if they draft hooker, you know, you, you, they're probably going to pick him at 29 just because yeah. if you really want to yeah, pick well, a quarterback, think, why wait? 40, man, with the injury, you know? I'm not saying that I want him. I'm just saying. Oh, I don't want him. I, I want I want Derek Carr. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you really have turned the corner and you're willing to take a risk on a rookie quarterback, which I don't want any part of, but if you're gonna do that, you might as well pick him at 29 to get him. Yeah, but is there anybody? I mean, you, so you saying they have decided that they there's somebody they want. Why not just get him at 29? Because really, that's like the second round. Right, you know, right. We, we but what, I, what I'm saying, time. and especially yeah. if he turns out good, you're going to want that fifth-year option on him down the road if yeah. he turns okay. out good. I got you. But, I got you. but, but again, if you sign Carr, then we're not going to even have to worry about that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, listen, I want Carr. I'm just, 
Yeah, you know, I'm just playing, playing devil's advocate. When right. I no, I understand. That's that's productive. Yeah. That, that, I'm, I'm I want good. a car. I mean, listen, I'll take car today. Thirty. Somebody said uh, your, your boy said thirty million. Oh, I'd drop thirty million in cars lap tomorrow if I could get him. I mean, right, you know, right now, this minute, ten a.m. Call yes. Derek Carr, thirty million guaranteed. Boom, we roll. So yeah, I want him. I just want to. You know, we're just gonna have some. No, it, it, it's that, that's why we have sports talk radio to right, discuss such stuff. Every time we have a name, I'm gonna shoot it to you, and then we'll let Dawson just close oh, right oh, out of his all right. mouth. I can tell. I'm gonna like this guy. A lot. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kevin. Thank you, Manny. All right. How do you pronounce his name, Dawson? Have you figured that out yet? I need to I need to look it up because I had an idea yesterday, but I'm I'm I haven't listened to someone pronounce it. That Is knows it I K or E K? I thought it was more of Ika, but I I gotta listen to somebody like maybe find a broadcast from last year and get a confirmation before I say something. Well, it's okay. it's okay if you try in your own. Let's go one more at the game hotline before we get to our first time out. Hello. Morning, foot. Good morning, sir. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Look. I call for a few short reasons. Okay. One, I think when it comes to the Saints, if we can get Carr, definitely got to go get a running back. I think that would set us in the right position for the season of having a higher chance of winning. But we got to land that quarterback. The other reason I called is I'm going to – look, I didn't call after that – the Lakers game, because a lot going on. The Sean Payton thing, a lot going on, and my Lakers got cheated. I mean, not my Lakers, my um, Knicks got cheated by the Lakers. After what happened with LeBron in Boston, when they played us, they they owed him, so they made some bad, terrible decisions around. Well, that's legal. That makes sense. You know, and that's what happened. That's fair. Now, the other thing is, you know, there's a big game this weekend. My Tar Heels were well, our Tar Heels against Ronnie's Fluke Devils. And I'm calling him out for that same bet. He'd been running and ignoring me, and he didn't answer the last call. So if my team wins, I want him to watch that 80s Brady movie. I need him oh. to call in and official the bet. He's been running for Stop it. He ain't, I, know, I know he ain't in Rockefeller. It's too cold. <laughs> it's too cold. He ain't over that. Ooh, the man might have got him. lost in Rockefeller. Huh? The man might have got lost in Rockefeller. I don't know where he at. I, I can't find him, but I passed by his house. He ain't never there. I asked his lady. He ain't never there. So, <laughs> and I know we not over there. In the, what it is? Uh, Alaska where they um, fish through the ice and all in the cold. Yeah. No, he, no, 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 no. No, no, no. So, we need to find him for it. He's uh, running. All right. Well, I got to get to a break. Thanks right, for calling. Take care. We'll be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure cruise. Pleasure Cruise. Now, a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks. Also known as Tom Brady's career. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Welcome back to the game. We have with us Mr. Bobby Nuva. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you this morning? Well, you know, I'm all over the place. Uh, uh, the Cajuns had a, two great wins last night at the Cajun Dome, and then I get in the car, and they're talking Lamar Jackson to the Falcons for 20 minutes. And then this morning, uh, Dawson reminds me that Latavius Murray is now being coached by Casper, which is pretty ironic, kind of angers me because he's the one that ditched him out of town, and the Saints haven't had a good downhill runner since then. Uh, and, you know, and it's too cold for baseball and softball, but they're but they're saying Derek Carr may come to New Orleans, really. So it's kind of a lot of good and a lot of bad. Well, just let it work out, Kevin, you know. And, you know, you know why I call you Tracox, so <laughs> just, just hang in there. All right, so a week from today, Cajuns scheduled to open their softball season against none other than Lafayette College, which is kind of funny. What is Lafayette's mascot? Are they the Leopards? I do not know. They are the Leopards? Yeah, they're the Leopards. Um, Leap and Lanny Poffo died yesterday. That's kind of like the Lafayette Leopards, speaking of alliteration. But anyway, um, so a week out, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, Kevin. You know, uh, this is a, a, a team with, with, you know, a lot of depth, a deep pitching staff, and, you know, 13 or 14 position players that are in the mix to get some playing time. And, uh, you know, if we can stay away from injuries, we had some injuries in the fall. And it uh, looks like everybody's back. Uh, uh, Sam, Sam Grader uh, came back about a week ago, so she's kind of – you know, trying to get ready for the season. And looks like health-wise, we're in pretty good shape. You know, it, and, and look, you know me, I think all awards, and you know, kind of all conference and all NFL and all that stuff is all silliness. But, but it was interesting that when they came out with the all Sunbelt team yesterday, and again, I'm I'm not criticizing anyone because it is what it is. But um, Stormy was listed as a first baseman, and Maddie is an outfielder. What chances do you give of that, those two players and Jordan playing third? So, what chances do you give those three players playing the majority of their games in those at those positions? Um. I think I think Stormy, you know, she'll play some first and some second. I don't think Jordan. Uh, I think Jordan's going to probably primarily be in right field and uh, designated player. Maybe when she's not in right field, I, I'm not so sure that we're going to see uh, Jordan playing a whole lot of third base. But you never know, you know. And then Maddie, I think, will split time uh, in the outfield and at, and some at third base. She's. Uh, She's been uh, seeing a lot of time in third base late in the fall and then and in a lot in January. So that's kind of what I see those three kids, um, you know, are going to be playing this year. And, I, and, again, I could be wrong. Is that is third base a position that you want someone platooning at? Or it seems like that's one of the positions where you really want to kind of entrench someone there. Yeah, you know, and Maddie, Maddie looked looking really good, and then and then Victoria Valdez, a, a true freshman, you know, has been looking looking good at third base also. So, 
you know, what Coach Glasgow decides to do at third base, you know, kind of, I guess, remains to be seen. And then you've got some other infielders that can play there. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that by the time we get to conference play, he'll have a, a better idea of what he wants to do at that position. So, you know, one of the things that fascinates me is when you when after the first weekend you you start playing a brutal schedule and you have young players who are are transfers that could be you know kind of big parts of this team and to me it's going to be very difficult to evaluate them when you're playing against the Florida States and UCLA's and you know all, all, all the the power teams that they're going to be playing uh, in the first 20 or 25 games of the season is that a concern for you or no uh, not really, Kevin. I, and you know, this is in February. Um, you know, that's a time to get better and to find out. It, it's just my opinion. Find out as much as you can about your team, and uh, you know, you can you, you're going to go to Clearwater and you'll be able to find out what kids uh, can handle that type of competition. You know, you're going to play uh, in in a seven day period. You're going to play five or six teams in the preseason top 25. So you're going to find out a lot about your team and, and on that Florida trip, you know. The, um, Texas last year was 0-5 in that Clearwater tournament, and, and they, you know, finished their season playing in the championship series against Oklahoma at the World Series. So, you know, just my opinion, I think February is, is, is a time when you can go and, and find out a lot about these kids, a lot about your team, you know. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think that one of the things that frustrated a lot of Cajun fans were all the outs on the bases last year. And they, they might have set a national record for getting thrown out on the bases. And it, it, listening to what Coach, some of the things Coach Glasgow's talked about so far this year, I don't think that's going to happen nearly as much this season. No, I don't think so either, Kevin. You know, we've got we've got some kids that can hit the power, and um, I'm not expecting you know that we're going to run nearly uh, as much as we did last year and, and, and a couple of years before that. You know, you, you do have Maya Davis, who you know she may be as fast as anybody who's ever put on a Razor Cajun uniform, and you know she causes a lot of a lot of problems for for the uh, the defense when she's at the plate, and uh, you know she's going to end up at at second base a lot of times because of of the pressure that she puts on the defense. I mean, if there's a bobble in the outfield, she's going to second. If if uh, if an infielder makes a bad throw, she's going to second. You know, so um, I see. You know, I just don't see us maybe running quite as much as we have in the past and, and, and taking as many risks as we have in the past because we've got kids in the lineup that can drive runs in. The other fascinating part of this season to me going into it, and, and, and this is something that maybe only the coaches and players and people who really understand the game we'll get a big grasp of is what exactly will the pitchers be able to do that they weren't able to do last season 
because Coach Justin Robichaux was in his second year and understands his pitchers and understands the game more than he did a year ago at this time? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and I think the pitchers uh, <clears throat> trust him more, believe in him more, you know, and they're getting a whole lot more comfortable with his system. And, boy, Kevin, we have a deep pitching staff, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, you know as well as I do, there were a lot of years when we – when we had a we had an ace, and then we had you know another kid on the pitching staff. You know you might have had two pitchers, and now you know we've got seven pitchers on the pitching staff, and and every one of them bring a little bit something different to the circle when they're in there. And um, you know you, you may see you may not see a whole lot of uh, complete games this year, you know because of the depth that we have in the in the pitching staff and. And the, and the option that Coach Robichaux is going to have to to be able to bring somebody in on the back end and give the opponents, you know, a completely different look than 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 would they see with the starter, you know. But you know, you could you could bring a Kandra Lamb in in the fourth, fifth, or sixth inning, and you know, and give them a completely different look if, if she comes in behind a kid like Sam Landry, say, you know, and who pitches more down in the zone. Kansas pitches more up in the zone. And, you know, so uh, I just think Coach Robichaux is going to have a whole lot more options this year. And, uh, again, uh, the, the the kids are a lot more comfortable with his system. And uh, I think we're going to have a great year with our pitching staff. All right, again, we're speaking with Bobby Novo, who is a color man for the Cajun softball broadcast. So I think the – Coach Glasgow has said many times already, we haven't even played, gotten to the first game yet, that defense is the area that they could improve upon the most from last year, this year. Do you think the key to that defensive improvement is any kind of changes in personnel or is it trying to keep players in the same position, which may be difficult to do with all the scenarios that are playing out here? Yeah, Kevin, it's going to be, you know, I think early in the season you're going to, you're going to see a, a lot of changes maybe in the lineup. And I, I think when kids are in the lineup, they'll be uh, at, at, a, at a specific position, except maybe like a kid like, like Maddie Hayden, who's going to play, uh, you know, she'll probably play some outfield and probably play some infield. But, you know, for, say, like a kid like uh, Kayla Falterman or a kid like uh, – Kramer Rushday, when they're in the lineup, they're going to be, you know, at either in either right field or left field. And so they won't be moving around a whole lot. And uh, I think when Jordan Campbell's in the lineup, she'll, you know, from what I'm seeing, she'll, uh, she'll be spending a lot of time in right field when she's in the defensive lineup. And that's just a guess on my part. And that's just from what I've been seeing at practice. And, uh, you know, obviously – uh, the more, the less moving parts, probably the better you're going to be defensively, and I'm sure that's Coach Glass, Coach Glasgow's uh, you know plan and his goal to get to that point at some point in the season, especially by the time conference starts. And uh, but again, man, we you know uh, every day when I go out to practice, it just you see the the depth, and you know we got. I'm telling you, Kevin, we got about 14 kids that. That can be on the field at any time, and, and, and we can be successful 
with those kids on the field. Well, it's going to be lots of fun. I just hope the weather's a lot warmer by a week from now. But, we'll, you know, we'll be out there either way and either freezing to death or, or, or with smiles on our face. Appreciate your time, sir. Hang in there. Well, I hope the weather's nice and clear water because uh, we're going to be broadcasting from outdoors. So uh, the extended forecast looks really good. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Kevin. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back. Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. I want to remind you that the phone line, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. So if you have any thoughts about Saints, Derek Carr, UL basketball, Pelicans basketball, um, any of the stuff going on, baseball, we talked uh, LSU baseball on Wednesday with Koki, and we talked about Cajun softball just now with Bobby, and that that is a week away. So any all of that stuff is on the table. I just need the weather to be warmer. We'll see how that plays out a week from now. I got a weird stat for you about okay. Cajun's basketball. So Marshall and UL, obviously two of the best teams in the conference. I would say at this point I think the two best, even though Marshall has a better record. I mean, uh, Southern Miss has a better record than Marshall. But in conference play only, UL is 12th out of 14 teams in free throw percentage, and Marshall is 13th. So, oh, so we might actually see a Cajun opponent miss some free throws. Maybe so, but kind of strange. Obviously, good teams usually make free throws. Um, so those two teams overcoming issues at the line in conference play to still be two of the best teams. Now you're talking percentage, not free throws made. Probably. Yes, percentage. Right. So, in other words, they might there. Some of their wins would be by even both of these teams. Their wins would be by even more points if they would make some free throws. Um, you know the Cajuns. There were one or two games. At the beginning of the year, they didn't shoot very many free throws. That's why they lost. And the, you know, that's why they're 0-2. The Cajuns really should just have one loss right now. Now, they could have zero losses. But they but they could have, would have, should have been 11-0 in conference play. But they really should be 10-1. Um, and, and so, um, they... Most of the the vast majority of the games, they shot enough free throws to win. But those first couple games, they you know the calls just didn't go their way. They just did, and uh, they they didn't make a lot of free throws. And so we'll see how 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 it um, plays out again against Marshall. But yeah, look, man, ULM's women last night they wouldn't miss a free throw. They made like eight. I think it was eighteen out of twenty. That's pretty impressive. And uh, and and it kind of kept them in the game a long time, and until the Cajuns were finally able to put them away, because the Cajuns made their free throws down the stretch. If they had not, they might have been in trouble in that game. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. 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 
Yes, sir. Good morning, Mr. Uh, Foot. Good morning, sir. This is this is the coastal water boy, and um, I uh haven't forgotten about uh your Marshall Tucker concert. I'm gonna try to make a copy, and uh, I guess I'd send it to the office, right? Yes, sir. Okay, fine. Business out the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, love your show. Listen to it every day. And um, I just want to put in my two cents. Okay. What I would do, what I would do, if I were to say it, that uh, that late first round pick, I would get the uh, running back out of Tulane. Okay. Then. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you 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 broke you broke off, but you're back. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, I would. Uh, this Koto Water Boy. Right. No, okay. I, I I got you. What I would. Hello. Go ahead. Uh, I would uh, draft uh, the uh, running back out of Tulane, and please don't. Uh, freak out, but I uh, would try to get Lamar Jackson with the Saints. And uh, uh, if the, the uh, other teams release a a young quarterback uh, that you know could be suitable for in the future, uh, I would like to see the Saints get that person. So I'm going to hang up and uh, let you rebuke me and fuss Oh, no, you good, you good. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for calling, sir. You have a nice day. You too. All Thank right. you, sir. T- take care. Thank you. Um, look, uh, Spears, a running back from Tulane, is, is a lot of people are talking about him. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, hoping, kind of, sort of, maybe they could get him in the third or fourth round. Hopefully, he doesn't go any higher than that. We'll see. But I wouldn't want to. I would love to have Spears, but I, I don't think you need. I, I think you could wait to at least the second, maybe the third round to even take him. So I don't think you need to take him in the first round. And I'd be all for getting Lamar Jackson. I just don't think that's. Good. I don't think that's in the cards. And it would take an awful lot to get him. Um. I just let let's just hope he stays in Baltimore. Because we don't we just need Paul. I just don't want him with the Falcons. That's my number one thing. I do not want him in my division. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, dude. Good morning. Good morning. I've been busy all morning, so I just tuned in, but I heard you mention Derek Carr and I didn't know what the conversation was about. But uh are you familiar with what's up with the Pro Bowl? Well, I'm not. I heard that he had this, you know, good passing performance. I mean, I, you know, I don't even watch the Pro Bowl. I can't even tell you the last time I saw a Pro Bowl, but, but I heard he did. But no, it's just that there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, him being linked to the Saints, as the Saints is one of the primary teams going after him. And we just kind of hope that it happens, but we'll see. Cool. I'm, my thing is, he's actually playing in the Pro Bowl. If the cat gets injured, the Raiders are on the hook for $40 million. So I don't know if they could stop him from playing in it or not, but, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big, but there is no pro bowl. It's it's flag football. I believe there's a flag football. Yeah. There's flag football. 
Okay, but I mean, the bottom line is if for some – look, I was I was in Hawaii when the Patriots were rookie running back. Was it Edwards, Gus Edwards? Well, Gus, but it, it, it was one of the many great running backs from Georgia. He broke his ankle playing volleyball, and he never really played a game, and he was like rookie of the year. Had yeah, this phenomenal no, I remember that, season. yeah. Then he goes to the Pro Bowl. I actually saw, I was watching the volleyball game when he broke it, and it's like, man, is it, is it worth the risk to have this guy playing any anything involved in the in the Pro Bowl when if he does get hurt, the Raiders are literally on the hook for forty million dollars. That's a that's a nut, man. That you think they're holding their breath in Los Angeles? That's crazy. Well, you know, those look, two are not on the same to, page right now. That's for sure. The Pro Bowl's down to Huntley, I think, is one of the quarterbacks. The cat played four games. He started four games. I don't even want to discuss it. I mean, the Pro it's, Bowl it's means absolutely – it means less than nothing to me. It's gotten to be – no, just the fact that a guy that only starts four games can be in the Pro Bowl shows you how diminished it's become. I mean, you had literally five quarterbacks turn down the opportunity to be there. Derek Carr jumped on it, and he's got the most to lose, although he really doesn't have anything to lose the Raiders to. So again, I just I just think that's crazy. I would think the Raiders could find a way to say you're not playing in it, uh, but I don't know if they have that kind of authority. Or the players' union would say, "Sorry, he wants to play in it. He's playing in it." I just found that really crazy when I saw that. It's that's eye popping. Be stuck with forty million if catch. Are you hurt. good if that? Are you good if the Saints pay him thirty million? Um, I mean that's. That's the going rate for quarterbacks, unfortunately. You really got no choice. I think the guy can play, and I think I like his 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 passion for the game. The cat hates losing, which I love in a quarterback. Uh, he's extremely competitive. I love that, too. I think he can make all the throws. I think he's talented. I just – he's kind of an anomaly. It's why hadn't he been more successful. Uh, you get him arguably the best receiver in the game, and – I mean, again, they were performing. They just weren't winning. So, um, it's better than crawfish. Yes. So, uh, I just, what you know, $30 million, how many years, how much guaranteed. Uh, it, it's gonna, that's going to be the going market. You're going to have six teams probably fighting to get them. So, somebody's going to have to pay them to get them. Uh, you just got to hope you can get close enough to where he wants to come to a place where he thinks he can win. So, but you saw Cam Jordan's tweet when we traded Sean Payton, huh? What defensive tackle? I agree. Yeah, he's like, so we got a first round pick, huh? DT, DT, DT. Absolutely. And all I can think of was our conversation earlier in the week where y'all were talking about how the defensive line couldn't stop the run. It was awful. And uh, you know, maybe that's what he wants is a big body inside. So. Absolutely. And Me that too. affects them on the edge if you get somebody double teamed in the middle. But anyway, I found the car thing to be crazy, and I'd have no problem paying them to get them because we need a quarterback. You saw what happens when you don't have a quarterback. And and we, 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 we want to dog some people, but I think of the play where where Taysom Hill was wide open and Dalton didn't see him, and, and a high school quarterback could have spotted that guy so wide open. And we win that game if he makes that throw. All we got to so, do is make field goals and not fumble, and we win 10 games with him. Well, we're gonna see what they do with Lutz. That's another gonna be an interesting oh, he got to sidebar go. no, this offseason as got well. To. I think he may be done. Oh yeah, so. he 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 he's got to go. I appreciate the call. I gotta get to a break. Thank you.
This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ebbness or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back the game as we go into a weekend big day tomorrow at the Cajun Dome again the women play at two the men play at seven against Marshall first place versus second place both times both games in the Sunbelt Conference Uh, the fabulous Cajun Chicken making his return if you are young and you've never seen him again I haven't seen him in a little over 20 years so I'm just telling you, it was good. The, the only thing for us nostalgia buffs that would make it any better, other than winning, obviously, is if they would play This Is It by Kenny Loggins. You think it's possible? You think anyone has come up with the play This Is It by Kenny Loggins with the Cajun chicken and if the Cajuns can win, that would be tremendous with, um, you know, Deion Brown's son, Jordan, playing and, uh, being the star or, or Wayne Julian's son, Kobe, who who, uh, who I think is in, like Coach said, in there for some more playing time, and, and he looked pretty good while he was in there yesterday again. So you know, that's the only thing that make it better for me to play. This is it by Kenny Loggins. And, uh, and you know, with respect in the fight song and the, and the kitchen, man, the Cajun chicken, it'll be fun day at the um, the Cajun Dome tomorrow. So we'll see how that plays out. And who knows? I, I don't really think that we're going to get any Derek Carr news by the time we come back on Monday. But I guess you never really know. I guess a trade is theoretically possible. Don't expect that. But I guess it's theoretically possible. Now, the other thing, while we've been talking about quarterbacks, another thing that's not nearly as – um, you know, being talked about as much as potentially Derek Carr coming to the Saints is the idea that Jameis Winston could go back to Tampa. Like, people have actually verbalized that. Like, do you see that happening? Like, Jameis Winston crazy. going back to Tampa? I mean, if you think about it, there's not many, any bo- that many people left in Tampa that were there when he was there because of the whole Brady thing who came in and the coaches came in and, you know, Arians is gone and everything like that. So, it wouldn't be that crazy, but, I mean, they just kind of need a bridge quarterback as well, right? They don't really have the guy. They're in a similar situation to the Saints now. They yeah, don't but have they the got a young guy that, unless they just don't think he's Trask, any, I mean, fu- maybe. Yeah, any future at all. I guess you could let him play. I mean, they, they kind of probably have to tear it down, I think, more so than anyone else in that division. 
especially if they lose Lamonte David. Yeah, and which supposedly they're gonna. I mean, Devin White looked like he regressed some this year. Like they they were nowhere near what they were supposed to be, and I think as the funny thing is they weren't good, and I think Brady was holding a bit of it together of what was left of it. So now you you might really be in some trouble because. That offensive line, I mean, that running game was terrible. I still think when you you play football like Brady played, and again, everyone's acting like he just played bad this year. He he was throwing the ball up for grabs two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. He 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 wanted no part of getting hit. And I I don't know. I I can't explain. Now, their secondary wasn't tremendous. But anyway, I don't know. The whole Jameis Winston thing is very interesting. To see who was going to give him a chance, uh, and maybe Tampa is is one. I wish he'd have got a chance in New Orleans at least, or at least know. Like I would have rather him play this year and fail than at least not know what he could have done. But that that ship has sailed. I appreciate Bob and everyone coming on today. Y'all have a nice weekend.